Did you know that God really only has one law? So many religious factions have different instructions, rules, and regulations. But the only law that really matters is love. God's Only Law with host Bill Cohen shares that one true law. Here's Bill. Welcome back. This love story is built on God's law of love, which is why he gave us the Bible to help us understand our evil ways. In John, we learn, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. So what are our evil ways, and how do we turn away from them? Let us compare this life to a great war to better understand evil. The goal of God's side has always been to bring the truth to all who would be saved. Isaiah tells us Lucifer was the first to rebel. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. And Lucifer began this war believing he could replace God. This is the only war that matters, and it is now being fought for our souls. God uses love, truth, and freedom as his only weapons in this war. He does not need any other weapons because he already knows how it will end. The devil uses selfishness, hatred, lies, addictions, slavery, unnecessary laws, pain, suffering, coercion, punishment, and many more as his weapons to keep us from the truth. All who have tasted the pleasures of this life know how addicting they can be. But God never tempts us. He offers us his love and eternity to enjoy it. As he tells us in James, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted of evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. The devil does not want us to compare the temporary pleasures he offers to the eternal peace and joy God is offering. So he complicates our lives and captures our minds with music, strife, alcohol, drugs, and mind-numbing games to minimize the time we have to thoroughly investigate our choices and keep us from recognizing our addictions. The devil wants us to think God is our enemy. Did God act like our enemy when he sent Jesus to die on that cross for us? Jesus calls us from that cross. He wants us to choose him and God's weapons, love, truth, and freedom. If we are not sure whose side we have been supporting, we need only look at the weapons we have used. Do we love everyone? Have we reasoned to find the truth, or have we accepted opinions without testing them? 
Are we allowing others the freedom to live this life as they choose, or do we want them to do what we believe they should do? Before I picked up my cross, I thought I knew what makes a person good. I thought I was better than most and did not need to change. However, once I accepted God's love, I began to see the truth about the weapons I was using, as explained in James. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth away, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. And my conscience mind finally recognized the guilt my subconscious had been hiding. Seeing my life reflected in my spiritual mirror for the first time was a harrowing experience. The conflicts I had been living with were now fully exposed. My faith in Jesus allows the love of God to transform me and the weapons I choose to wield, as described in James. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And my relationships have improved. I know I am not perfect, I am not the man I dream of becoming, and I know I cannot complete this process by myself. So, I continually surrender to his will, knowing he will finish this work upon his return, as he told us in 1 Corinthians. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. It is a process, and I am learning to enjoy the progress. God tells us in Matthew we are either with him or against him. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. So we can understand we are making a decision, either consciously or subconsciously. If we allowed our apathy to keep us from gathering with him, we will be led away from God and, the, and participate in a scattering instead. In Ephesians, we learn we are in the middle of a spiritual war with eternal consequences. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This war is defined by love and eternity. There is only one being capable of granting us entry into eternity, and all we have to do is accept his love. So in this life, either we choose God's side, or we will be lost in the illusions of this shadow world and eternally separated from his love, as he tells us in Second Thessalonians. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power? If we do not choose Jesus, it will not matter which other path we end up on, alcoholism or sobriety, crime or purity, atheism or another religion, anger or humility, etc., for the without Jesus, they will all end in death. This world is not our home. There is too much anger and hatred and suffering. God does not censor evil behavior, nor the sacrifices required on the path to him. He even exposes the evil done by the Bible's heroes. He describes both sides so we can compare them and ultimately learn there is a difference between good and evil. So in Romans, he tells us, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is a, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God asks us to test everything against his message of love, to determine what is good. So, in First Thessalonians, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. 
abstain from all appearance of evil. God wants us to abstain from anything that might appear evil, but we need to compare both sides to know which one is evil. He asks us to avoid evil because people are waiting to use our actions to convict God since we are his representatives in this world. This is what they tried to do to Jesus in Mark. And they sent unto him certain of the Pharisees and of the Herodians to catch him in his words. Evil is selfish, hypocritical, and not interested in the truth, only in having its own way. And evil will do anything to silence the opposition, including violently attacking us to stifle the spreading of God's word. In Romans, we learn true Christians are no threat to anyone because they are living under God's law of love. Love worketh no evil to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And in Hebrews, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So why do so many people hate Christians? Why are they willing to persecute them? Why do some want to kill those actively living God's law of love? Loving our neighbors means we do not force our choices onto them, and we allow them the freedom to love God or not without judging them. In James, God calls us to use only his weapons of love, truth, and freedom in the war we face daily. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? Can we not see our lack of love for others is causing the fighting in our world? God tells us we are all created in his image, so what is there to fight about? Just as we see the results of defying the natural laws he created, like gravity, we will ultimately see the consequences of disobeying God's law of love. His thoughts are perfect, and he knows what kind of behavior will bring the expected end he is creating. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Some of us will do anything to quiet our conscience, including replacing the truth of God with fables created by man or the devil. But there are no satisfactory answers for this life without God. No matter how hard we fight, no matter what else we cling to, no matter what other kind of God we create, life is never as good and eternity will never be attainable without God. In short, we can choose to build our lives upon his overwhelming, never-ending, uninhibited love rather than the selfish pleasures of this world by daily reading and reasoning with his word, which is why he told us about our daily bread in Matthew. Give us this day our daily bread. It will make all the difference when he returns, and he will return, as he promised in John. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. For he cannot lie, as we learn in Titus, in hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promise before the world began. Next week, we will conclude this love story by fully explaining our journey to him. God wants us to test every part of the story, for he is not looking for lukewarm followers, only truth seekers who are looking for his perfect love. Comments, opposing opinions, and suggestions for future topics are all welcome. Just send me an email, bill at reasoningwithgod.com. May the blessings of God overwhelm your week.